So we are in our series on why we need religion. And uh, for a full transparency, when I first heard we were going to do this series, I was not excited. Um, I don't like the word religion, like most, like a lot of people. Uh, it's very institutional. It's very much the bad guys. Uh, it feels like the thing you use to control people, and I really don't want to be controlled. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, we need it. I know, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but then last week, Reverend Dr. Longbond shared a definition of religion, which was really helpful to me. Um, and it was that religion means to bind back to the source. Or as I dumbed it down for myself, to connect to God. And I was like, okay, yeah, to connect to God. Yeah, that sounds better. Um, so let's work with that. And so last week, uh, Reverend Dr. Longbong talked about how religion is meant to be transformational and not transactional. And this week's sermon is entitled Religion Orients. And so uh, I was like, okay, religion, no, but remember to connect to God. All right, to connect to God orients. That's still good. I'm really, I need simple language. I'm a simple man. Orient makes me think of like orienteering. And I was a boy, boy no, Cub Scout. I wasn't even boy, boy Scout. I was a Cub Scout. Uh, Paul Vickers would be proud of me, I'm sure. Uh, for four hours. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go fishing. I liked fishing, and they were going fishing. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. People like to go fishing. Great. And then I went, and half of them didn't want to fish. And the other half kept trying to talk. And I was like, this is not fishing. This is people bothering me. And so I didn't make it. I didn't get a sash. Didn't, I don't think I got any of the uh, little patches. So I don't, I'm not good at orienteering. So I don't know how to. I know there's a compass, but I also know I have a phone. So, so I had to look up orient, or, orient and it, is, uh, it orients us. And so that means to direct or to become acquainted with, which that made me think of like when you wake up in a place that you're not used to and it takes you a second to like get oriented, to get acquainted with your surroundings. And so that's how I'm, I'm going with this, all right? To connect to God to be acquainted or directed to reality and what's around us. And so looking at the text today, I was like, all right, let's look at this. Let's see what God has for us on what religion is for and how, how it orients us. And so first verse, verse 12 says, The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. And I was like, no, don't be about rules. Um, if you don't know, I'm a big fan of rules. I'm a stickler. Everyone who's worked with me, no, not at all. I hate rules. Um, I don't even think lawyers who discuss rules like rules. I asked Bo earlier, and he was said, it's, um, what do you say? It, it's complicated. It's complicated, his relationship with rules. And so I was like, is that really it? Is this going to be what ties us? We need these instructions. And so uh, I had to look at the, the bigger context. And so what's happening here, we're in the book of Exodus. If you don't know about what happens in Exodus, I recommend the Prince of Egypt. Uh, 
killer soundtrack. Every song is a hit. Um, oh my gosh, they're just coming into my mind right now. It's overwhelming. Such a good soundtrack, all the feelings. Um, possibly for others, there's a man named Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, I've heard great things. Haven't seen it. Uh, I'm sorry, it is more than twice my age. Uh, but I've heard it's really good. Uh, that could be some good background study. Uh, but Exodus is just, God has called the people. Israel has been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years. God calls them out of slavery. Uh, he uses Moses to show these signs and wonders of how magnificent and powerful God is. And then he leads the people out. God totally destroys Egypt. Yay, good guys. Bad guys lose. Awesome. And then they're in the wilderness. And it's like, okay, now what? Uh, we had a stable yet horrible environment, and now we have an unstable wilderness. And they've been following God in these clouds or in pillars of fire, which that sounds awesome. Um, but now they're out here, and God has, in chapter 19, God says, I'm going to speak to them. And he speaks to them, and they're like, that was horrifyingly terrible. Like, we knew he was powerful. That was really scary. Moses, you talk to him, and then you talk to us, but we don't want to just too much. And God tries to meet them in their current state, but they can't. So he speaks to them through Moses, and he uses a covenant. And so we see these in the Old Testament. Covenants are agreements, they're treaties, they're, they're common in this area. They're, it's not anything groundbreaking or new that they wouldn't understand. It's how they can understand a relationship with such a mighty and powerful being. And so we are looking at the covenant relationship. And so the point of the covenant is that God has called Israel to be his special nation, the nation where his presence will be. So one fun thing when I was reading and learning from smarter people than me is that anytime you see those clouds or the symbols of fire, especially in the Old Testament Exodus, that is symbolizing God's presence, God's being with his people. That's connecting to God. And so God is laying out this covenant. He's saying, you're going to be my people. You just do what I say, and we're going to have a great relationship. Like, I care about you. I want what's best for you. And then he lays out these laws. Here's how you worship me. Here's how to stay connected with me. The next chapter starts off with, here's how to build the tabernacle. That's where you can experience me in a way that will not terrify you too much. And so God tells him, here's how to build the tabernacle. Here's how to build the Ark of the Covenant. Another great movie, but not actually helpful for this. Indiana Jones, you know, you've seen it. If you haven't, I don't know how you haven't. Um, but God is trying to connect with them in ways that they can understand. But the ways that they can understand are not really connecting for us a lot of times, I feel like. But, sorry. <laughs> if that was the end of Exodus, where God has called up Moses and gives him this guiding principle, that would be great. That would be how we'd want it to end. God's called him up. Everybody's nailed it. Boom, we're in a good relationship. But it's not. 
Moses comes down from the mountain after God gives him these um, commandments and instructions, and people are already worshiping a God they made. It's been 40 days, which you would think is not a long time, but I've been behind a couple of you 40 minutes after service, and hmm, okay? Or you've been behind me five minutes after service, and you know that I did something dumb. So, so God is instituting these commandments, these principles, to remind them of his presence. Because we quickly forget what God has done. We forget what God has done in our lives. We forget what God has done throughout history, what God has done in our friends' lives. And those are what is meant to draw us back. So what, is, what do we have? Like what is, what, how do we orient ourselves? And what is this, how does this religion orient us? How does connecting to God direct us? What do we have today? What practices do we have? Well, we have coming here. We have partaking in communion. We have confessing in a communal atmosphere. We have the ability to pray. We have these practices today to remind us of the presence of God, particularly communion. And what's the importance of that is when you look back on the next 40 years of the Israelites' life, they're walking in the wilderness. And you know what they're remembering when they're feeling like nothing's going right? The power and might of God in that place where they couldn't even touch the mountain in Exodus 20. God's like, don't let them touch the mountain. I'm too holy. They're going to freak out. They couldn't even handle me just speaking. And so this Sunday is Transfiguration Sunday. The text we didn't read from the Gospels is Matthew 17, 1 through 9, where Jesus goes up on the mount and is transfigured. His face glows. His clothes glow. He talks with Moses and Elijah. He brings up Peter, James, and John. And they see him glorified. And it's that story that in 2 Peter, he talks about as that's that's what reminded, like that's what we brought to you. We didn't bring myths. We brought this story of seeing Jesus glorified in the way that Moses was shining, his face was shining in the presence of God. It's remembering this presence of God. And they too experience this voice of God that terrified them. But instead of the mountain that they couldn't touch, God had become flesh. He had become Emmanuel, God with us in Jesus, packaged in a way that we could comprehend more than ever before. And God reached out and he touched them and said, don't be afraid. Before it was, don't be afraid, just don't sin. Now it was, don't be afraid, I am with you. And there is some beauty in the fact that God in Exodus doesn't break the covenant. The the Israelites get the covenant, immediately break it. God could end it. God could end his relationship there. He thinks about it. He's like, I might just kill them all. I'm tired of it. Uh, It's like my three-year-old when she's brushing her teeth. Please just brush your teeth. I'm tired of it. I can't. I'm just going to have to walk away and let your mom do it. But he does it. He stays. And he works with it. And God 
shows them grace and mercy and keeps the covenant, even though they've already broken it. And we see God's grace even there, and even more in the person of Jesus. And so it's in remembering our own personal experiences with Christ, the times that people have shown us God's love, mercy, and grace that can keep us going when it's in the wilderness, when it's times when we feel like God is not doing what we want him to do. It's remembering that God is with us. God is present. We have access to him in ways that the Old Testament couldn't even imagine. We have access through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit that God has given us. And so we remember those great times of God's acting in our lives, and we cling to that hope as it orients us to face whatever comes in good times or in bad.